The primary scripture I'm using this morning is uh, 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 7, and Titus 1, 5 to 9, and I will read those to start with. This is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, so I guess I should stop, bishop. Um, my understanding of the meaning of the uh, Greek words translated bishop, uh, minister, shepherd, I'm not sure of all the English words in the King James or New King James, but they are all talking about the same person. And uh, having said that, I will say that I, I am very aware that when you have a team of uh, pastors, deacons, whoever, when you have a team functioning, there has to be someone who is leading the team. And uh, if we want to call him bishop, that's fine. It's just I'm saying there are not uh, two or three different offices described or qualifications given for several different offices, except deacon, deacon and minister or bishop or pastor. So this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. In Titus 1, 5 to 9, for this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. So this morning I would like to uh, do two things. Um, first, talk about the primary tasks of a bishop, pastor, minister, and then talk about the qualifications. So you have some notes on the back of the bulletin. They, do, they are uh, the notes for the second half of the sermon and not the first. 
So the, the, I have here four primary tasks of a bishop, pastor, or shepherd. Four. And uh, the, they are preach and shepherd and lead and work on a team. These are the four things that I, I try to summarize. This is what a, a minister, pastor, or the term bishop, is supposed to do. So first of all, to preach or teach or instruct, um, so this is obviously a, a, a major task or responsibility and requires a, uh, an understanding of scripture and the ability to uh, communicate, an understanding and ability to communicate the basic truths of the Bible. I mean, that, that is obvious. Uh, it helps if a person, it's probably required, if a person has an inclination toward uh, study, uh, does not mind uh, reading, studying, uh, desiring to interpret, understand the scripture. And it, and it helps, too, if a person either has an understanding of how to use basic study helps or is willing to learn. Um, because we don't know everything, it's helpful to be able to learn by reading, um, whether it's a strong concordance or Vine's expository dictionary or whatever it is. And it does require, teaching does require some skill of communication, the ability to present truth in an attractive manner. And of course, there's a lot of variety in how people do that. Uh, there's a variety among John and Ricky and I. Uh, the second category to pastor or shepherd um, requires well, let me say this before I go on. When I was reading these verses this morning up here, I thought to myself, who qualifies? Who qualifies? This sounds really challenging. So obviously it's not about perfection. So the second category is shepherd or pastor, which requires a love for people and care for people an understanding of the human condition and the basic spiritual and emotional needs of people. And it helps, it helps if a pastor has, uh, has a few bumps in his own life, challenges and difficulties. Uh, it helps a person uh, understand other people's struggles and challenges and uh, it helps if a person has compassion for people and um, is able to point people to Christ uh, without being a, what I will call a fixer, um, who is uh, trying to make people feel better, either that or try to perfect them. So this understanding of people and care for people and compassion for people, shepherding. Uh, the third category I have is lead. 
administrate. <clears throat> and some of us uh, are better at uh, managing, administrating activities than others. I, I have never, uh, I guess I'd say I haven't ever personally felt entirely comfortable with administration. Uh, for one thing, it requires remembering details and uh, I, I can have a hard time with that. I can be detailed about some things, but administration is not necessarily an easy thing to do. And uh, I'll just say, if, if, uh, if anybody views me as being pretty good at administration, I want to say that the only reason it might look that way is because there are these people around me and behind me to uh, keep things working and remind me of things. So uh, the, the one about administration, it does help if a person is willing to, to take action when action needs to be taken and do administrative things. And uh, yet, I don't think a person has to uh, be perfect at this. We have people who can help us. So administration. And this requires humility. Uh, you know, one thing I've noticed uh, with some people, they, they uh, become, uh, you know, in charge of something over people, and they can become uh, somewhat dictatorial and uh, feel like they have the right now to just tell people uh, where to get on and where to get off and so on. So humility and the ability to respect people and the ability to receive other people's ideas. If you're going to be administrating and over people, uh, that's very important. Be able to listen and know how to lead without lording, I think would be the contrast I'd make. Um, so that the administration part requires some ability to, and again, we have a team, so nobody has to do this alone. The ability to identify and evaluate uh, needs and issues and have wisdom, some wisdom in how to approach or address needs and issues. This is part of administration the ability to evaluate and lead in healthy discussion. Uh, it also requires the ability to make decisions that uh, we know not everyone will like, will be happy about. And uh, the, one of the realities that's kind of painful is that, <clears throat> that leaders cannot please everyone all the time. Uh, and this doesn't mean that a leader is indifferent to how people feel, uh, but, but a leader cannot be a people pleaser. And uh, this is a challenge, can be a challenge. We like to make people happy. We don't like to displease people. 
And, uh, and I, w I would say that being able to, to move forward when you know people will not be happy, it's not about having a thick skin. It's not that. It's, ju it's just knowing that uh, this is the right thing to do, and it's what we're going to need to do. And uh, we will try to understand and care for the people who uh, are not entirely happy about it. The fourth area I have uh, responsibilities is to work on a team, and uh, this can this can be probably as big a challenge as as if the other three uh, being able to work on a team, and it requires uh, a lot of humility, uh, and not only the ability to present one's ideas and not be insecure about it, but the ability to listen to other people's ideas and be humble. And, uh, and to realize that I don't have to be right all the time. I don't, it doesn't have to be my way all the time. It's okay if others uh, have ideas that are different than mine. Uh, humility is actually for all of us. It's a character issue. Uh, it expresses uh, who we are as a person before God whether we're humble before God, and then we'll be humble with other people. And um, I'm not sure how humility is learned. Uh, maybe it's just a result of submission to God and uh, being open to learn, something like that. Uh, to work on a team, I think it requires a desire to see things accomplished. Uh, things carried forward and willing to participate in that uh, with other people. Desire to see jobs well done. And uh, it also helps, I think, in a team if team members understand. I'm smiling a little, but if team, if, uh, if team members can understand themselves as people, who they are and how they function, and can understand the other people on the team and who they are and how they function, and be okay with the differences. Uh, so maybe, maybe it requires uh, being people smart, uh, having some, um, some understanding of oneself and others, and being uh, thoughtful about how I, I've been on a number of different teams. Some went quite well, some were struggles. Um, and not say, not say hurtful things. In the kind of person who doesn't say hurtful things or demeaning or putting down things in order to win a in a conversation. These, these are all team issues and they really become relational issues. So now I want to talk about the qualifications, and they are on the back of your bulletin. Um, the first one I have, these are based on the scripture I read. The first one I have is upright character. And it says that the person should be blameless. Um, Let 
I think the, all of the statements that are made after the word blameless probably explain what he means by blameless. It means not able blameless. The word means not able to be taken hold of or held. Not able to be rightly criticized as a criminal, perhaps. That's extreme. Irreproachable, above reproach. He should be just, which is the idea of upright in conduct, conduct that corresponds to right standards, what's right and good. And the just is related to how people relate to other people. Holy is related to how a person, who he is in relation to God. So just is manward and holy is Godward, to be set apart to God and sanctified and pure. It doesn't mean perfect, but Godward, holy. And then temperate has the idea of being a self-disciplined person. Bodily appetites under control, which is self, the way the person relates to self. So the just is manward, holy Godward, and temperate selfward. And he should be vigilant, upright character vigilant, which has the idea of being alert, not being asleep. Being alert to whatever's going on, alert to danger, paying attention, able to see what is happening, vigilant. The second category is positive family life. And this one is challenging, I think. Well, it's challenging for me to know what all to say about it. It says, have one living wife, I think. One wife, one living wife. And his children must be believers. And this is my understanding of the meaning of these verses. Be believers and not be wild. Children should not be wild. Self-indulgent, wasteful in their manner of life. They should be circumspect sort of children. And they cannot be allowed to disobey or be rebellious and not be admonished or instructed. The children are being raised. They are not being allowed to live any kind of way. They're not being ignored. So I know a good many ordained men who have struggled with this issue. Some have talked. I've talked with men 
wondered, you know, what do you have to say to me about my challenges? And um, this, these can be quite challenging, these issues. Uh, and probably each, each uh, person who's challenged, feels challenged with these issues, it's, it's all a, each one, each situation is different and needs its own uh, attention and understanding. And I don't have more to say about that. The third category I have is uh, able to um, endure for the sake of others, endure pain, endure trouble. Um, and this is, um, this is not a poor me category. It's, it's more um, just a reality. Those of us who have uh, children understand this point and uh, people who have tried to lead people, whether as employers or uh, teachers or pastors, uh, understand that there's always some challenge in, in, in being over people in some way, and there's pain in it, and there's a need, there's a need to um, be able to endure other people's, uh, let me back up, I think for me, most of the pain that people give to me uh, is a result of their own pain, the pain that they're in and uh, the trouble that they feel, and they are struggling with whatever, and, and it comes out in relating to me. I think it helps me, it helps, I think, if you realize that this is just people being people. They're not against me, they're just in trouble, and they need help. So Paul has a number of statements about the trouble he had with people and the, the pain he endured, and I don't think he was complaining. So here in 1 Corinthians 1.3, he talks about, I'm, I'm not going to turn to these, he talks about affliction and the God of all comfort, comforting him in his affliction. He talks about his sorrow and his tears in 1 Corinthians 2, and then in chapter 4, he talks about his suffering. In chapter 6, he talks about his suffering. In chapter 7, he talks about it again, and, it, and he talks about being depressed, heavy in spirit. In chapter 10, he talks about it. In chapter 11, he, he gives a list of all the things he suffered in persecution. In chapter 12, he talks about his thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan. And in verse 10 in that chapter... He, said, he talks about persecutions, distress, insult, difficulties, and other things. So it's just the theme of his life, that's how that sounds, that his life is made up of these challenges and suffering. In Acts 20, Paul said, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I've heard that I'm going to be bound there, and I'm going to be made a prisoner, but none of these things move me. Because I don't count my life dear to myself, I just want to finish the ministry 
Christ has given me. In Romans 9, 3, he said he wished himself accursed for the salvation of his brethren, the Jews, as if he would almost be willing to uh, lose his salvation for the sake of others finding salvation. And in Philippians, I am willing to be offered as a sacrifice on the service of your faith. Getting the gospel to you may cost me my life. That's fine. He was like his Lord, who came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. That's in Mark 10. Colossians 1.24 and following read like this, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the affliction of Christ for the sake of his body which is the church. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working which works in me mightily. And uh, the Greek word translated striving is the word agonizing. In 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 7 read, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And uh, the words fought the good fight are I've agonized the good agony. And I'm not sure how you turn agony into good agony, but this is what Paul said. So uh, somehow those of us who have responsibility over people, parents, pastors, whoever, teachers, we do have to learn how to uh, be okay with, understand uh, the pain that we receive in the relationship, in the, in the responsibility. So this, this is one of the uh, requirements of leading people. Uh, the fourth category I have is seeks to maintain healthy relationships. And um, as I was working on this area, I uh, was thinking to myself that I wish this wasn't one of the one of the categories because I don't really want to talk about it. Um, because you know, maybe most of us can think about ourselves as being we're very pleasant people, and we, 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 we know, I mean, we know that we can be frustrated about things sometimes, but we also have this idea, maybe, maybe I'm just talking about myself. We have this idea that when we really need to, we can be very nice. And we don't say hateful things, and we don't frown at people, and we don't put them down, and when we need to, we can do, say, be really good. Uh, well, you know, maybe that's true and maybe it's not. Um, so Paul says here that uh, the leader must be 
humble toward those who oppose the truth, stand humble toward those who oppose him. Um, there are examples in the Bible of people, leaders who were not, did not relate well with people. Uh, in Third John, um, Diotrephes, um, he, he was a proud person, it says, and he criticized people who were actually doing good work because, I guess, because it was they who got recognition and he didn't. He was opposed to them and he excommunicated them, it says there in Third John. Um, so not needs to be humble, not self-willed, which is the idea of not being overbearing, uh, arrogantly disregarding the concerns of others, not not quick, not quickly angry, not quick-tempered, uh, not impatient. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about these things. Uh, not given to wine. Uh, not addicted to alcohol, not a striker. He's not violent, re ready to assail an opponent, not a, not a brawler. There's a lot of things here about statements made about uh, being angry and brawling, so on. <clears throat> Sober has the idea of having a self-controlled mind and emotions, not a lover of money, uh, not more committed to money than to the work of the Lord, putting money above other things. Hospitable, uh, then it says a lover of strangers, uh, friendly, uh, able to uh, able to serve others. Loves good people, loves good deeds, has a good report of those without, uh, so that he cannot be um, attacked and condemned by unbelievers who don't respect him. Uh, so relationships, Christian leaders love people. They care about people. They love them for their sake and not my sake. It's not what I can get out of it. Uh, Christian leaders respect people. They know how to listen. All of this is part of relating well. They know how to listen, and they understand that servanthood is a form of power. That Jesus exercised his power through service. Uh, the last category I have is doctrinal fitness. Able to teach, able to communicate truth, able to present truth in an attractive manner, in an inviting matter, manner. And, of course, whether or not, uh, whether or not people enjoy, I'll use the word enjoy, a person's preaching and teaching has something to do with how well people enjoy the person as a person. Uh, it's, it's very hard, I've had people tell me, it's very hard for people to 
to uh, listen to sermons or teaching if the person uh, has not done well in the relationship with people. So able to teach, able to communicate, uh, a person that people find easy to hear, to receive from. Uh, he holds to the truth he has been taught. I think it has the idea there of he's not the kind of person that slides off into false teaching. And he holds to the truth. Uh, he holds to the truth so that he can exhort others, uh, which uh, is exhort is the idea of able to call people to his side to encourage or to, uh, I think the word refute is used, but to encourage and to instruct. So doctrinal fitness, the, the ability to, to, to learn, to study, to understand, and, and uh, does not have the idea that this, I, I know some ordained people who would make comments to me that sounded like this that they thought that they could probably find a totally new idea uh, from Scripture, a new doctrine. And uh, that is, um, okay, I'll say, that, that is really quite high-minded. I doubt anybody by now is going to come up with some new doctrine and it's going to be biblical. Uh, everything has been around before three times. And um, so doctrinal fitness, able to learn, able to study, but uh, humble and uh, not sliding off into error. So I want to say in closing that we are not, we are not looking for perfect people. Uh, we're not looking for a perfect person. Uh, we're looking for people, a person who is able to, um, who is an upright character and uh, able to teach and able to relate and loves the Lord and loves people. So, um, blessings to each of us as we contemplate this and um, consider. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are alive and present with us and, and actively working. And uh, speak, speak to each of us and lead us by your spirit and work, work Lord, to accomplish your purposes and, and give us a restful heart in you and your ability to accomplish good in us and among us. And thank you. Amen.